Hi, this is Jackie Fry, Design Ops Leader and Part-Time Sociologist. And this is Allison Rand, Design Ops Leader and Cognitive Neuroscientist in Training. And you are listening to In Common. Woo! Jackie. Allison, we're doing it. We are, we are here on this podcast, we on the are, In Common podcast. We're doing it. I'm so glad that we're doing this. I'm so glad that we're doing this because after we did our first talk together, we rolled off that stage feeling so good and went through the whole process together being like, yes, yes, this is totally working. And so much positive feedback about us as a, as a mm. duo. Here we are. Here we are. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited too. I, and I have to say like we went on stage uh, at Design Ops Summit 2019 and we talked about mercy change management and design ops role as change managers and Mm -hmm. we we sort of i think i that was our first time really working together we were friends and we had lots of really great conversations and we would just commiserate and relate on all things design ops as well as being you know people in the design, design leaders. And you even mentioned, I think we were having dinner or we were walking around and you're like, Hey, maybe we should do a podcast. And then we did the stuff on stage, which you could totally see us on stage and have a good laugh. Like we were having on stage that day, but it was, it was interesting. Like someone was like, I would totally listen to y'all if you guys should totally do a podcast. And so here we are, we're trying this out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an experiment. It's an experiment and uh, our hypotheses. So we are, we're starting in common really as a way to include and kind of connect the conversation that we have as design ops leaders. There's other people that we've been talking with who like connected us. Meredith Black was our common connection and, you know. Shout out to Mayor. Shout out to Mayor. And we have even our like long text chain conversations about design ops. And so this is kind of bringing everybody into the conversation, having mm-hmm. it more broadly. And we're super excited because we're, we're designing women. We, we are design ops, but we're also, we're also leaders in design and seeing a lot of stuff and can relate to a lot of stuff. But the thing I love the most about you in our conversation is we both kind of come from a little bit of not totally, um, you know, product design or, you know, you come from agency background. I come from all types of operational background, but always had this like passion and, and sort of emotional intelligence around creativity. And uh, so we're always talking and diverging away from design when we're trying to say like, what is the systems that are needed in order for operations or design to operate effectively within fill in the blank environment. So we don't, we're not going to talk too. I mean, we'll talk about design, but are we going to talk mm-hmm. that much about design? Like I'm, what are your thoughts there? I feel like, yes, that's the premise of why we've really, well, the, the basis of, I think the foundation of our friendship and our partnership is that uh, we don't love to just go deep on only talking about design. We like to go much more expansive about you know, all of the other adjacencies within the world that as it relates to design. Um, and also just saying, like, hey, 
let's get out of our ivory tower design designers and look around us and explore all of the things that have been happening well before design was a thing and will be happening well after design is a thing. And how can we bring different people with different ideas to this conversation? And how can we just go deep and broad in how we think about design operations, design, our organizations, operations, um, and us as humans? I think at the at, at the heart of it, that's what this is kind of all about. I mean, we can't cover everything. We certainly don't know everything, but I think we have a lot of really great meandering conversations that always come back to this like these co-centric what I what I call us but as co-centric circles, coming at it from different perspectives, but ending up in a very similar place. So I'm excited to see where these conversations lead us. And we're we're going to talk to some design leaders. Like we have an immense uh, network of mentors and friends and, uh, and people we admire that we want to bring on and we want to talk to, but also like Allison, you're a design leader. We're going to hear from you and you may ask a few questions of a few of my experiences. So we're going to share, but also we're going to talk to people outside of design to kind of keep that conversation going from we're looking, we want to talk to like, you know, sous chefs and we want to talk to conductors, like symphony conductors. We want to choreographers, talk to- communications Chore- professors. Yes. All gamut. of the above. <laughs> yes. Because at the end of the day, like it, I think it's that design ops is definitely having a moment right now, but the reality is these are just human systems through and through. And how do we tap into understanding the human systems and uh, that we're all sort of interconnected uh, in. And yeah, I'm not going to get super hippie just yet. This is just the intro, but yeah, it's yeah. exciting. It's and how exciting. can we learn from all of it? Because we're on this journey together. It's all new and not new, but how can and we learn not new it? at all? <laughs> and not new at all. And not new at all. But we're going to have the talks. So, so, so let's get into it, shall we? Sure. Let's do it. So our topic for our very first episode is around your talk, Jackie, that you gave at Leading Design in London, which was fantastic, by the way, around scale is social work. And uh, I think this is re- this really gets to the heart again of, the, of a lot of the things that we talk about. Um, what it actually means to scale design how design operations, what kind of role design operations plays in that scale and what it actually means to, uh, to apply sociological theories to the practice of quote unquote scale. So let's dig into it. That was a nerve wracking talk one, because I am just a huge fan of leading design. So when they mentioned and they sort of reached out about potentially having me talk, I was just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, oh, you know, okay, I'll just share, you know, some from some other talks I've done, um, some stuff from some other talks I've done on design ops. But then by the end of developing the, the content that I had, I realized it wasn't about design whatsoever. I think the, the one part was sort of starting with me, myself, and how I used the word scale and shared a story about how 
I butcher the word scale all the time. And we're, you know, we're both two ladies in the tech industry. I mean, how many times a day? We should have a coffee shot conference or contest on the number of times you hear scale in a day. And then, <laughs> and then people sometimes mean it to mean like one thing. Like sometimes people mean it to mean like, I grew something and sometimes by people, I mean me, I'm the asshole here. And sometimes <laughs> I mean it to be like, I did a thing. And sometimes I, it means like we did, you know, like there's just so many ways that people apply the word scale, but I had, I shared a story and like, you know, dun, 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 here's the, here's the punchline. And it was funny is that like someone called me out on it and was just like, that thing you y'all throw around all the time. That's not real. Mm. you know and and if you want something that's really meant to last you got to do it through people and you have to do it through community so the talk I gave was sharing this humiliating and funny story of myself and also sharing examples of how I butcher the word scale but you know in the end what I've come to find and, and through the connection of that is this amazing book about community that really showed the way of long-term and long-lasting cultural impact. Yeah, that's completely understandable. I think that the book, so you read the book a long time ago. However, it probably just instigated a lot of what was already inside of you and a lot of the things that you were already thinking about. And certainly is very influential in how you and I think about how we apply design operations, which is a thing because it's, in addition to operations, it is something that is design led for operations. And what does that mean? And so much of it is centered around community, around culture, around practice. What does it mean to create those kinds of things and foster those kinds of things? And so, so I love the way you talk about this and how you sort of break it out in these different ways of, you know, psychology and 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 scientific theories and systems thinking but at the end of the day we're really really talking about and thinking about humans having human experience so how are you as a design leader fostering that community and culture within your organization and in your roles as a design operations leader, as a design leader, as a woman in design? Like, how are you building and fostering that community and building that social fabric, as you call it? Yeah, I think, I think taking a step back is like to recognize that we're community organizers as leaders. Like mm. we, and in design ops, we often get brought in because there's a plan to to quote unquote scale. And what does that scale mean? It brings, it means bringing in a lot of people. So, you know, one of the lessons from the book that we've, we mentioned, it's the book is called Community by Peter Block, uh, subtitle, The Structure of Belonging. Um, but it, that book, which was shared to me outside of industry, and it was, it was done in sort of a community organizing class, um, which was just fascinating um, to have been you know, had the gift to have taken. And I also studied, you know, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this, but I, I've studied, I thought I would go on to be a sociologist. I thought I'd be a, uh, you know, associate professor all my life and mm -hmm. be teaching kids about like uh, Nietzsche. And, and that's what I thought, you know, and doing research on 
uh, women in mathematics. Like that was my, that was what I studied and what I thought I would go on to be in, in academia. Um, but in life, like I, obviously a lot of stuff happens and I found myself in this role in design ops, you know, mm-hmm. years and years later. And, and the reality I think is that why, why am I, I do feel a little pre-wired for design ops because not only do I have this sort of understanding of um, our interconnectedness and like I, I studied sort of that in college, but I also, you know, had these experiences um, taking taking a community organizing class and finding myself with this book. So I'm, I feel like a little bit like a lot of design ops leaders uh, this is like kind of a, a moment of recognition or design leaders even recognizing like that we are community organizers. If we are trying to bring large, large body of people together and by bot and like large group of people that could be 10 could feel like a lot of people and hundreds and thousands, hundreds and thousands can feel like uh, tons of people. It, it's all, you know, in context to the mission that you're trying to do. Um, but all of that, when you're trying to organize and like get people all connected into the same purpose, that's community organizing. And mm-hmm. um, I think there's like a moment where we have to recognize that's what we're doing. So if you're a design ops leader or a design leader and you're listening to this, you are a community organizer and think about your job in a different way. And like that should have been a dumb moment for me as a sociologist, as, as someone who studied and thought they would be a sociologist. But it was kind of the thing that I forgot and only in my only in the past years that I remember that is really important. So well, that's where I'm kind of like, take two steps back and just like, let's accept that moment. And then let's step forward to understand how to form culture. Cause I think a lot of people don't take that step. They don't, they don't recognize it, but they set out to go form cu- culture through like, act, you know, different types of activities and it doesn't. And they're like, well, that didn't work. You're like, well, you didn't approach it with like sort of a system thinking about it as a, a community, as a system. I also, but I also think it's really important the lens that you bring to ha- to this type of work. So, regardless, not regardless, your background is actually extremely influential in how you do your work. So, choosing this path, you there's an unintentional intentionality to the way you do the work that you do. So, you you're you know you're a senior director, you've gotten pretty far as a woman in a nascent industry. But I think that the way you approach your work and the way you approach building community and building, you know, you know, complex organizations is very much built on the foundation that you bring to it. So I, I think I, I want to hear more about how you build and foster community connection and change. And a lot of that um, conversation around it that you bring to your work. So you mentioned it before, social fabric. And that's, that is a term that Peter Block uses in his book, Community. And he says that this is the connection, that feeling, that, uh, that feeling of belonging is crafted uh, is created, is, is almost censor, sen- is sensed, and um, you can feel it um, by the creation of social fabric. And you know it when you know it. Uh, you've, you know, whether 
it was an experience in high school on a sports team, or it is in a religious community or within a practicing community like design, right? Like there's, there's um, connection in terms of values, in terms of language, in terms of all of these things that um, when you, when you think of all of those interacting, they form a social fabric. They sort of weave themselves as social fabric. Um, it's, it is, it's obviously, it's so real, you know, when it's not there, it's, it's like, you know, like that feeling of being awkward. Mm -hmm. You and I don't have that because from the second we ever met, there was already this, we already had a common, we had commonality, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but you could, we've all been in those experiences where you're just like, this has zero culture. This has zero community behind it. And so, you know, as a design ops leader, what I know is how do I think about that community and what does that community need? Um, what are some of, what are, how can we define the culture of that community? And that's finding, uh, you know, obviously defining vision and mission and activities and norms and all of those, those are community forming activities. But when it comes top down and not from the body of the community, if you're not tapping into the norms of the, of the whole, but rather like you're a leader and you're like top down, this is how we'll, this is how we will run. Like you'll often find that there's, there's at least a, a resistance or if not some friction in that, right? So a lot of times when I think about forming community, it's to, it's that people oftentimes it's, it's not that they, it's, it's that they, they choose to be in that community. And when you get that body together, how do you recognize and see the norm? So it's like high emotional intelligence, high sort of anthropological perspectives of groups and tapping into that. So it's not force fed and how many design leaders literally walk into a business and define a vision and mission statement. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, that to me, that is the irony of it all is the basis of design is is centered around, you know, this process of design thinking and going broad before you go deep, et cetera, and being really ex like spending a lot of time exploring and doing research to understand your subject matter. However, so many design leaders come in and they're like, I got this. I totally yeah. got this. I've, I've been this before. is what I'm going to like lay it at, lay it down and y'all are just going to fall in line. And no. then you just get like total organ rejection. Or total organ rejection. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that you just like with your words right there, you just talked about the analogy that like, how do we look at that system? Like how does an organ transplant into another body, an mm -hmm. organ from another body? And what are there like the systemic things that have to happen for that organ to be accepted? That is like, that is like change in culture and in community, right? Like we're sort of getting into mm -hmm. evolving community or to like amend communities together. You see this in uh, acquisitions where they have to mold two teams together that are, you know, it's sort of like, it's, it's like organ, you know, transplant, transplants. And anyways, the, the book, I mean, it's, it's amazing. They talk about all the different things, but community, like it, it has a mechanism to meet frequently, um, which is hard. I think a lot of, you know, design organizations is organizations in general are going remote. And so how do you form community and this, this, you know, sort of, multi-location yeah <laughs> did you hear I almost reality is dyslopian <laughs> I was gonna call it 
dislocated community. No, you know? like no it's it's distributed communities. Thank you. Distributed is actually communities. <laughs> probably the right way to put it, but but yes. And you and I have talked about and I and I believe what we've really initially connected on is understanding how significant being this this role being an agent of change is and what that means to an organization and what it takes to be in that position to lead change right because it's about it's not just about coming in and figuring out how to lead a program or to project manage something through but you know that is part of it too however when it is you know at a much more mature level a much bigger level when organizations are talking about bringing design in with a capital d they're really talking about the influence that design has on their customer, on their employees. I, mean, I don't know if they're thinking about it that way, but the way you and I talk about it as being these agents of change to lead that, that is how we are fundamentally thinking about it. So, so I think this kind of pattern making and thinking much more systemically is inherent to the process that you apply to your work and also essentially like super, super critical in, in building change that can last, right? And so, so I guess the question really is like, how ready is your organization for this type of change? I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I guess I'm riffing here and I'm saying like, if, if people are thinking about what it means to build this type of social fabric, to create these types of culture, cultures, to create culture in general, to create community, you have to ask yourself really like what, how ready are you for this type of change? And how ready are you to allow somebody in to help lead this type of change? So I think one thing I've had to do a couple times is to take a community of that self-defines as one thing and help them move to where the business needs them to be next mm -hmm. right like again large mm -hmm. bodies of scaled people like this is social to do that it is completely social work so like study social work study the community study the people speak their language uh understand the fabric that they have created themselves and how you as design leaders as a group of design leaders or you as the sole design leader can weave into that social fabric to gain trust to be a part of that community so that you can help uh, create change within, within the community, not you know, necessarily like pushing it from behind or leading it from the front. It's, it's within that trust of the community that you can actually have change. So um, you know, to get to the how, and if someone's ready to go think about crafting their community, it's again, it's, it's think about it from a social fabric. What are the things, what are the, what are the the uh what are the what's the norms what are the languages not just the operational stuff but like what are you seeing the people do that is creating connection as a community and and recognize is that something that uh aligns with like the where the business is going and if not understand and go find communities that are doing that type of work and study their norms mm -hmm. and and all of this can happen uh, attending critiques. All of this can happen attending and, uh, and talking with other peers outside of your, your business, um, outside of your industry, people who are doing the type of 
the type of work, like I, I think a lot is, is sort of that UX to CX transformation that a lot of uh, design organizations are doing. So it's like, go talk to people who you admire who are delivering great customer experience and ask them about their norms, ask them how they do critiques or reviews or how their teams are working. And, and there you will see change, there you will find Delta. But Delta doesn't happen to go from point A to Z. It's, it's, it's within the community, it's within recognizing and sort of the trust that you have within the community, your, how you've woven into that social fabric that is going, that you become that agent of change to help build and, and sort of evolve and adapt the, the community um, for the future. So it's, it's incredible systems thinking and it has so little to do with uh, understanding design, but rather studying the community of design and other communities of design to plot change. I do. The future. I, I, I love that you said that because I think, well, I heard recently, and I keep quoting this, Robert Fabricant um, in, in this new book that he wrote, co-wrote, user-friendly, but I heard him speak on design matters uh, and say, uh, behavior is our medium, which I just love mm -hmm. as designers, as design operations leaders, as agents of change. It's so important to remember that behavior is our medium. So if we think in that way, and I also really appreciated the way you wrap your talk around thinking in systems, not symptoms, moving slowly and being more intentional. And if we're lucky, finding ourselves in the place where we have the luxury to be, well, to be proactive, to be thoughtful, to kind of go deep. We often don't have that luxury, but I think it's incredibly important that we take time throughout it all to consistently be self-reflective, be self-aware and step back and observe. Absolutely. I think that's it. Uh, you know, I, 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 as you were just talking now, it made me think like, I think this is oftentimes we're designing for our customers, but are we designing enough for ourselves? Mm. Right. And um, yeah. And so I think, I think that like, I, I fancy myself a systems designer, a systems engineer, a, you know, thinking about that in many ways and just, and trying to use sort of human centered concepts towards towards the work of community. And I think that hopefully that resonates if uh, for people who are listening, um, that it's sort of just like taking the lens and putting it on ourselves. This, this type of work, it's, it's so life affirming um, to just be, and, and to feel that connection in the social fabric. And sometimes it, within a design community, sometimes it's knowing the names of people's dogs. Uh, sometimes it's knowing when, uh, when someone's having a hard day, you know, like, and, and you can't know that if your office door is closed, if you're, uh, it's, it's not about being friends, but it's being connected socially. And like, that is the way community is formed. And uh, that is the only way that scale truly happens uh, yep. from the story that, that I learned many, mm. many moons ago. Windows, not walls. Windows, not walls, yes. Well, keep doing the good work. Jackie. You too, girl. You too. Girl. <laughs> this is impact. This is impact work at its core. And I um, thank you for bringing up how I ended the, that presentation. But I, 
you know, I, I think it starts with self-awareness. So if there's one thing to take away, it's like social fabric, but also like understand you in this moment and know mm -hmm. that the start of community forms, especially as design leaders with self-awareness. So uh, that's a lot to think about, but I definitely <laughs> think that that's sort of the start of wanting, of wanting to uh, form and to change community in the long run. Well, thanks, Jackie. This has been a wonderful, enlightening conversation as usual. Thanks, Allison. If you like this week's chat and you want to learn a little bit more, I highly recommend you pick up the book Community, The Structure of Belonging by Peter Block. Uh, it's a great read and refreshing read. It has nothing to do with tech or design. So uh, pick up a copy if you'd love to learn about some adjacencies in sociology. Guess what? What? There's more in common. If you want more from me, Allison Rand. And me, Jackie Fry. Go to incommon.design. Alrighty, that's our show. Ciao. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.